The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia on 105.9 The Region. Welcome to The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia. I'm Station Manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Dr. Claudia McKella. Good morning, Dr. Claudia, and Happy New Year. Good morning, Tina. Happy New Year to you as well. I know we are a few days into the new year, and maybe it's a little late to be wishing each other Happy New Year, but it's the first time we're kind of seeing each other. That's right, and it's the first show of the year. It is. And it's also, for me, an extremely special day. What's the deal? It's my daughter's 11th birthday. Happy birthday, Abby. Yeah, happy birthday, Abby. You know we love you to the moon and back. You are a star, and I want you to remember that. Talented, smart little girl. Love yes, it. Yes, yes, for sure. Should I, should I say little girl? Maybe not. You know what? She's she's grown up fast. She's a young lady. As we look ahead to 2020, Dr. Claudia, this show is about wellness. How do we inspire and and focus on wellness and health and happiness. What do you want to say to our listeners as we kick off this new year? So you're right. The show to me is all about health and wellness and how to live our best life. So I'd like to start with recommending three tips to start the new year. It's Mm -hmm. a a really beautiful week this week. I feel like after the excitement of the new year and the holidays, it's a time to really just kind of stay quiet with your thoughts. Um, So the three things that I recommend are first of all, get right back into the swing of things. Because if you do that, you're not going to have time to think about, oh my gosh, the holidays are over. Another year is gone. A new one has come. You don't want to get into that zone where you're thinking negatively. You want to just get right back in the swing of things. like, And that's easy to do. It's easy yep. to get a little down or sad at this time of year as well. Yep. Yes, you can be inspired and invigorated by the new year, but there are those who feel um, that it's a tough time of year as well. Yeah, it, it can be a very tough time of the year because it was the big, big high and then the big, big low. And that's why you just kind of get right back into the swing of things and you just move on and do what you were doing before with those obvious improvements that we talked about, you know, getting into your habits, removing what was, didn't work for you in 2019 and applying what the new stuff means to you. Okay, other tips? Yeah, the other tip is find time for yourself. I mean, I had no time for myself before the holidays and until this week, I actually still haven't had any time. So in January, I'm going to find a little time for myself. 10 minutes, 15 minutes, an hour, whatever it is, find the time for yourself. It's really important to reevaluate and self-regulate yourself. And that's not a bad thing. I think often, especially as women, we think, you know, I can't do that. I can't spend that time on me. Yeah. And that me time is really good, not only for you, but for everyone around you. Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm guilty as charged. I feel guilty when I'm spending too much time doing my things, but I've learned that it's really important for me to have that time to myself so I can be a better partner, I can be a better mother, and I can think more clearly at work. Okay, one more tip. The last one is exercise kindness. You know, Mm. we've all had a rough go in December, really busy, really hectic. Be kind to everybody. Start the new year with those nice little acts of kindness. A smile, a gesture. You know what? Be nice to somebody. Send a message to somebody. Uh, You know, just a kind act goes a long way and you will set that karma up for the rest of the year. And it's easy to do. It's easy to show kindness and respect. It really is. And you know what? Kindness and respect to me go hand in hand because when you are respecting somebody, you're showing kindness to them. So for me, that's the way I'm going to start my year. And it's an exciting new year for our show as well. And you've got lots planned. Oh my gosh. I am so super excited for 2020. I have so many great ideas. We're going to be offering it listeners so much amazing advice on how to make 2020 your best year yet. 
can't wait. Still ahead, happy go money. Advice from a financial expert to help with that holiday debt. This is the Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. Have a question for Dr. Claudia? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 105.9 The Region or email us info at 1059theregion.com. Maple Honda at 89 Audubon Drive in Vaughan. Thinking green these days? Check out the Honda hybrids and talk to our staff who are also making small choices for a big impact on our planet. Get into a 2020 Accord, Clarity or Insight, or simply just choose fuel efficiency. Check out all the details at maplehonda.com. York24-7.com is York Region's very own video sharing channel, and we are looking for contributors. Send us your videos about your business, your community event, your local sports, whatever content you want to share. Go to york24-7.com, fill out the easy-to-use form, and we'll do the rest. Share your story at york24-7.com. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to The Wellness Prescription. I'm Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Dr. Claudia McKella. Thank you, Tina. Our guest today is money expert, Melissa Leong. Melissa, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, ladies. Happy New Year. Oh, thank you. Happy Happy New New Year. Year. Um, We're so excited to talk to you about, like, one of the biggest resolutions. It's money. So I'd like to talk to you about how did Happy Go Money come about for you? So Happy Go Money is my feel-good, award-winning finance guide that I hope will help people get to that problem they have in their lives where they say, well, I want to get responsible when it comes to my finances, but I also want to be happy. You know, all we, everything that we're doing in life, we're just trying to be happy, right? And so often we use money as a tool to try to get happy. And I want Canadians and, and people around the world to have a conversation about that. You know, if you're just using money to get a better life, let's make sure that you're doing it effectively. What do we know about the relationship between money and happiness? So I think people think, well, obviously I need to make money to be happy. I need to be able to have a roof over my head. I want to eat inside. I want to sleep indoors. Uh, But I think sometimes we overestimate how much money we need to truly be happy. I mean, that's why we play the lottery. That's why we we work the extra hours and we take the job that, that pays more because we think, well, if we have more money, we will be happier. And there is a correlation according to science. The research shows that, you know, uh, there have been many studies that say that the magic number, if there is one, is between sixty and $75,000 U.S. for single-family income. This is pre-tax. That's how much money you need to make to be happy on a day-to-day basis. And that's an average. Yeah, and that's not an exorbitant amount of money. So it is possible to be happy without making millions of dollars per year. Absolutely. And it's possible to be happy with less than that. That's just an average given that's how much you need to cover your basis. And the interesting thing about a lot of the research, it shows that once you make more than that, once you make more than sixty to $75,000, when it comes to life satisfaction, they put that number closer to ninety. But once you make $90,000, you actually see a decrease in happiness, which is so fascinating. Right. right? You think, what? what? You, I'm going to be less happy the more money I make? But there is some research that shows that that may be a thing. And so why is that? Well, the hypothesis is, is that once you make a certain threshold, I mean, once your basic needs are met, you know, you've got everything that you really need, you start to accumulate stuff. Mm-hmm. And materialism doesn't make people happy, according to research. It actually makes you um, appreciate the little things less. It also makes you 
you know, maybe you're working more, which means you're spending less time with your family and friends, which means you're working more hours and it's more stressful, uh, and you're not focused on uh, the things that are, are actually scientifically proven to make people happy, like spending time with people you love, uh, like exercise, like healthy eating habits, like sleep, uh, like, you know, being grateful for experiences and time well spent. That's a really good point. So if money doesn't equal happiness beyond a certain amount and beyond a certain point, so why do so many of us, me included, take pleasure in buying <laughs> things and my children too? So how do I explain to my yes. kids that it's yes. not what I'm buying you? Well, it's, you know, honestly, it's, a, it's very human. When you say me included, hey, I, I know a lot about money, being a money expert, but I still fall into those traps, right? When I, when I get stressed out, I sometimes look for retail therapy. It's a thing. That's why they call it retail therapy because you get this burst of endorphins and the part of your brain that is associated with rewards lights up when you buy something. It's, you know, it feels really good to get something new, uh, but that feeling dissipates. And then you're left with a sense of, oh, well, I need to chase that feeling again and I need to buy something else. And because we're human beings, we are adaptable. It's beautiful, but it's also challenging when it comes to getting the new and the sexy because you get bored of it. And once you get bored of it, you want novelty again, and that's why you end up buying something else. It's the same thing when I, I, I use this example and people think, no, don't ruin my dreams of winning the lottery. But there, is lots, there, are, there is, has been a lot of research done on, on lottery winners. And people tend to return to a baseline of happiness. Yes, they're a little happier, but we are all born with a certain happiness set point. And you can be excited. You could also be very sad. But you tend to return back to this, whatever your happy medium is. Because right. you get used to it, right? And so basically, so retail therapy is normal, right? So good. I'm on that normal it category. Normal. <laughs> it doesn't mean it's always good for you. Right. Because I think if you buy in a place of stress, which a lot of us do, we buy to alleviate pain. So if you are feeling insecure, sometimes you think, I'm going to buy this dress. It's going to make me look good. It's going to make me feel good. Or if I make more money, my family will be more proud of me. I will feel more proud of me. And you're using external things to really fuel your happiness when it actually should be the other way around. And my book talks a lot about that. It talks about, um, and, and not in a Deepak Chopra kind of find yourself sort of way, but based on research, based on exercises, you know, can you determine what it is that fuels you? What fulfills you? What makes you feel like at the end of the day you think, you know what, this was a good day. And then allocate your resources to that. If, you know, if you, you're not somebody who values material goods, but you value spending your time with your family, then maybe you should be focusing more on that. I always think, do I really need to spend, you know, $40 to buy this meal for my family when it's really important for me to see my parents? They live in Winnipeg. I'm in Toronto. And I should be putting more money into my travel fund so that I can spend more time with them every, you know, every year with my kids. And so, and I feel like that's what Canadians, I mean, I speak for on behalf of Canadians, I feel like that's what we're lacking is that, that uh, justification and that concept that we don't need to spend money on every single thing. We need to kind of figure out where we want to put our money. 
And that's a conversation I feel yeah. like I have with myself, I have with my spouse. Uh, and even just this year, I've been having this conversation with our children about where are we going to put our money? What I- where is it important to spend it? And what is going to make us feel good as a consortium, as a whole group? And you're, I know you touch upon that in your book. So if time is money and we're all feeling pressed for time and it's making us unhappy, can more money solve the problem? Or do we... <laughs> Or are we just falling into that vicious cycle? Well, I'm. first of all, I want to say high five to you for having the conversation. I think that is the very first step. More people, I mean, if you're listening to this right now, maybe you should make it a, a point. You know, for New Year's resolution, one of the things I'm going to do is have more money conversations with people. Make it okay to talk about money. The more you talk about it, the more you make it okay to have this conversation, the more you guys can figure out what it is that you prioritize. Uh, and, and get around the emotions tied to money. You know, it's not just about dollars and cents. Sometimes you feel pride. Sometimes you feel vanity. Sometimes it's about um, it creates conflict with your marriage because you guys are not on the same page. But the more you talk about it, the better it will all be for you. Now, when we talk about the things that you can allocate your money to that will scientifically buy you more happiness, one of them, as you mentioned, is time. People who value time over money, they are happier, according to research. And if you start to value time over money, you will be happier. So, for example, an example of that is uh, tax season will come up. If you absolutely hate doing your taxes, (laughs) maybe you could pay somebody to do it. If you spend tons of time cleaning and you think you could be better, that time could be better spent with your family, maybe even doing a side hustle that you enjoy, your passion project, which actually possibly make you more money, then maybe hire a cleaning staff, uh, staff a person, hire a cleaning person, for example. Or if you get a job offer and it pays you more money, something to think about. Yes, it means more money, does it mean, but does it also mean more time? Are you going to be commuting more? Are you going to be spending more hours away from your family at the office? You know, uh, I interviewed one professor for the book who said, okay, I was, I was faced with this option. You know, do I go out of town and make an extra few thousands of dollars every weekend uh, to teach this special course? I, I could buy this time with my family. And he thought it was worth it to skip the job. The same thing for me. I quit my full-time job, gave up a, a $70,000 salary to buy, uh, buy 2,610 more hours with my son. And I've never regretted that. That's time I'm never going to get back. I know it's a time commitment. Uh, Excuse me, I know it's a money commitment, but I put a value on my time. Now, at this time of year, though, the the practical side of me is thinking, this is when those credit card debts and those credit card bills are coming in. Absolutely. How do do we manage that? So because I like to think about um, approaching your finances in a positive way. (laughs) Which I love. The first thing to do is, yes. The first, because there's so much stress when we think of money, right? Mm-hmm. The first thing to do is not to beat yourself up. It's over. It is done. You cannot, you know, live your life based on regrets. You can learn from them. That's the way to make it effective or to make it um, more meaningful in your life. And so this is the new year. It's 2020. You are going to do something different now. That's the only way you're going to get a different result. And so that means looking at all of your debts, actually looking at them. I know sometimes we want to bury our heads in the sand, but making a list of all the debts that you have. That's your credit card bill, what's on your line of credit, maybe your mortgage, and look at realistically the ones that you want to tackle. So list them and list them by interest rate. So your credit cards will probably have the highest interest rate in comparison to, say, your uh, line of credit. And 
identify based on some sacrifices. I know I said a word that's <laughs> going to make people <laughs> feel a little uncomfortable. I got to give up something. Bye-bye, <laughs> <laughs> Gucci. I know. You know what? Based on some, just some short-term sacrifices that you're going to make for a period of time, where can you get extra money to throw to your debt? You can do this. You just have to figure out, okay, you know what? I'm going to do, I'm going to stop doing this for a little while. I'm going to put all of that extra money into my debt. And the most efficient way to do that is to do your, take your debts off one at a time. So don't just put, you know, some money here, some money there, some money that. Pay all of your minimum payments for your debts and pick one and obliterate them one at a time. And then once you've gotten rid of one, you take the payment that you would have used to pay that one as well as this extra money you've, you've uh, allocated to your debt and apply it to the next. You can do it by interest rate or you can do it by the smallest debt, whichever one is going to make you the most motivated. This is the point. You have to know yourself and you have to know what's going to work. It's like extreme dieting. You know, if you think you're I'm not going to eat any sweets forever, I mean, that's not going to work. <laughs> you're going to get totally discouraged. So think of that when it comes to your financial goals as well. Small, that's a really good approach. Goal. Yeah, it really is a great approach. And are you a believer in, in making budgets as well and sticking to them? I am a believer in taking stock. And mm. so when you start your fitness journey, you don't just say randomly, I think I'm going to lose some weight. I don't know what that means. <laughs> you don't know what that means. It's the same thing as saying, I'm going to pay down some debt. I am going to lose um, I'm, excuse me, I'm going to lose my debts. I'm going to save money. That is d totally intangible. What you need to do is you need to look back over what you've been doing. So this is where you would take your food diary, for example, or do a weigh-in. And when it comes to money, you look back over your bank statements, your financial statements. You see where the money is going. You know, this is where a budget comes in. This is where you just write down your spending plan. Okay, I've been spending my money to these things. These are my fixed needs, I need lights on my in my house, I need to pay for groceries, and then you also look at your credit card to see, okay, well, this is where, what, you know, what I've been spending on when it comes to fun. Uh, is this a good use of my money? And that's where you can start to make changes. And, and that, you know, that makes so much sense, because we all need all those other things in our lives. We need entertainment, we need social time, we need family time, and sometimes those things cost money. But understanding that it, every time you go out with your family, it doesn't have to be a $500 escapade. It can be something quick and something inexpensive, but much more meaningful. And I feel like that's the vibe of your book, is that it's about applying the money where it's going to matter most to you. Am I correct? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And so it's about making choices and then orchestrating your finances in a way to support those choices. So for example, one of the things that I did that has made it so much easier for me is creating a spending account. Then I don't have to nickel and dime everything. I don't have to go to the store and stand there and think, hmm, do I want this skirt? Do I need this skirt? Do I have a red skirt? If there is money in my spending account, I am going to buy that skirt. I'm buying you ladies coffee. Dinner's on me because there's money that I have allocated to my fund. So basically I have done this. I'll, I'll call it a spending plan. I'll call it a budget where I've looked at my, my, you know, my incoming money, my outgoing money, and I have allocated money to my priorities first. So debt repayment, there's money for that. There's money that automatically comes out of my bank account that goes to my retirement fund, my um, you know, kids' education fund, my emergency fund. Now I'm going to siphon money out automatically every two weeks that goes into a separate account that is associated with a, uh, a debit card, a no-fee account. 
And if there's money in that account, and sometimes I save it, and sometimes I accumulate more so I can splurge for the next month on something that I want to buy, I can do it freely, happily, without stressing and thinking, oh, I don't know if I could do this, or oh, man, this is going to impact my, my, my future plans. Nope, I've already taken care of those. Love it. Yeah. And it's already in your mind, and you've already kind of manifested it, so you know it's going to happen, which is incredible. Yes, I feel happy about doing that. That's, and I also, I also do uh, what I call planned spending. So, for example, if my best friend's getting married next year, I have 12 months to save $100 uh, so that I can afford her gifts, the shower party, uh, you know, any dress that she needs me to buy if I'm going to be in her wedding party. So there are short-term goals that you can save for, but my spending account is for immediate fun. Right. And that's so important because aside from saving money and aside from spending money, you need to have fun in doing that because debt is one of the biggest sources of stress in most people's lives. And, you know, you've mentioned that um, it's actually has more of an impact on a person than having a cheating spouse. So, right. For sure. I think people underestimate how stressful debt is. You know, there was a survey of 56 of life's most stressful experiences. And you're right, uh, getting into debt beyond means of repayment ranked number five. Number five! That's more stressful than a fight with your boss, that's more stressful than a period of homelessness. This is why if it's 2020, if in 2020 your goal is to be better with money, one of the things that you can try to tackle is your debt. Try to tackle your debt, get that debt down. Um, you can do it. It, it, and it's not an overnight thing. I think people get discouraged. It may take a year, depending on how much is on your credit card, how much that balance is, and you have to try to fix it. And at the same time as paying down debt, try to put a small amount into an emergency fund. Because I think what people don't realize is, is that if you get into a situation where, well, life, life happens, mm-hmm. right? Your furnace breaks down. I don't know, raccoons tear off the shingles. <laughs> yeah, of your bad roof, stuff your does happen. Right. You will go more into debt because you don't have any cash to pay that off. And you'll end up putting more in your credit card, more in your line of credit, which can be very demotivating, right? It can be very, um, uh, it, it can be very upsetting when it comes to your goals. So also plan for that. You have to plan for the incidentals. You never know what's going to happen. And that was one of the things that, um, uh, that was one of the biggest lessons that put me on the journey of writing this book is that in 2014, I married my best friend. He was the happiest man in Canada. That's why I married him. I said, you, happy man, come over here. We're going to have a lifetime of laughter and practical jokes and singing in the car. And uh, shortly after the wedding, he, um, my husband, uh, he became very unwell. He had uh, extreme anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation. And very, very quickly, this happy, happy man became somebody who was um, very sick and needed to be hospitalized. And in that time, I I couldn't do anything. I couldn't do anything for him. Um, I I just realized that the only thing I can do is be happy. I'm going to try to be happy for both of us. And so I went on this journey where I went to Buddhist temples and wellness retreats and read every book I could find on positive psychology and resilience. And I learned everything about happiness. And I read very little about money. And I thought, these things are tied. These things are connected. We're all trying to get happy through money. And so I was writing about personal finance and the financial post at the time, and I co- consolidated all of my, my knowledge that I gained during that period and my wisdom into this book. 
Well, it's an incredible book. And I hope that your husband is well now, um, probably with a lot of your help. Um, and I think, yeah, <laughs> and I think that um, money is a very important concept. And we worry about it today and we worry about it for tomorrow. So worrying about it today is only going to help us in the future and kind of pave the way for our retirement. Um, and so what, what is your suggestion in that case? Like how do we safeguard our future down the road with our personal finances today? I think that sometimes worry in itself is not helpful. If you are worrying, it's because you feel that you haven't prepared. And so I promise, promise, promise you that if you take some steps, whatever it is, however small they may be today, uh, whether that's just you know creating some sort of um, automatic savings plan right now after hearing this, go and log into your online, you know, go log into your bank online and, and create this automatic savings fund if you don't have one or bump up the existing one that you have, or walk into HR and ask them if you are signed up for their retirement plan, and if there is, ask if there's a matching program and to make sure that you're using it to its fullest. Any kind of small thing that you can do, it will empower you. It will make you feel like you were doing something for yourself, make you feel a little bit less worried, and then maybe you can do a little bit more and a little bit more. This is how you start your journey to become uh, more financially empowered. And 2020, you can do this. You just have to do one thing, whatever it is, one thing. Start small. And, it, you know, when we talk about save for your future, save for your retirement, that is such a big goal. You know, people right. think, what? what? Scary. You know, but thinking about, you know, connecting to future you, you know, what would future you say about retirement? What would you want that person to say to you? Think about that person. Um, who is you? And what small thing can you do today for that person, even if it's, you know what, I'm going to make a resolution that every $5 bill, every blue bill I see, I'm going to stick it into this box, um, and I'm going to save this for whatever it is, for my next vacation, for, um, it's a pet fund in case my pet gets sick and needs to go to the hospital, something, something small, because saving is a habit. You start small, and then you bump it up. So if you go online and set up that automatic savings plan where you know money is siphoned out into a savings account. Make a resolution, put it on your phone that, you know, three months from now, if you haven't noticed the money going out, bump it up. Make another, you know, calendar reminder three months from now. Keep bumping it up. Keep bumping it up. You're not going to notice it's missing. And then soon you'll have this, this money that is for the future, for your future happiness. That is such great advice, and I hope that everybody runs out there to pick up your book, Happy Go Money by Melissa Leong. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am so excited for 2020 because I'm going to be saving money, and I'm going to be much happier doing it. Um, if our listeners want to reach you, um, how can they do that? I am most active on Instagram, so they can find me by the handle LissLeong, L-I-S-L-E-O-N-G, or they can find me on on the internet, on my website at melissaleong.com. And Dr. Claudia, please remind our listeners how to connect with you directly. Uh, I'm I'm on Instagram at Claudia underscore Machiella or my website www.thecenterforhealth.ca. That's our show for this week. If you missed any part of the wellness prescription, go to our website, 1059theregion.com. I'm Tina Cortez. Thanks for listening. Connect with us on Twitter at 1059theregion or call 416-335-1059 or email info at 1059theregion.com. This is 1059 The Region.